and welcome to Masters of Divinity. I don't want an echo there. Divinity, divinity, divinity. I, um, I'm still being lied to, um, listeners, because... Yeah, isn't JP here? JP's here. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Um, oh, oh, fancy meeting you guys here. We I have... Don't... We have all been I was just mis- going to the food court. I was just going to the food court. You know, we, we gave you back your flannel shirts and your records, and now you're, 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 you're just still hanging around. You guys don't normally come over to the food court area, though. Like, this is – I didn't really mean to – Well, you know, t- when you're in the food court, sometimes, sometimes, JP, you get, a, you, get a, you get a hankering for a pepperoni roll from Sabaros, and that's uh, all right, well. what we're here for. Well, you stay at Sabaros, and I'll stay at 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 at, at, at the Hungry Panda or whatever. Panda the, Express, JP. Pan, it's Panda, Panda Express. Express. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have my and my Mongolian beef. How weird is it? By the way, just a side note. How weird is it when you see a panda, a freestanding Panda Express? That always blows my mind. Uh, yeah, like the ones that have like drive-throughs and stuff. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> um, panda Express is gross, by the way. It's really gross. Don't eat there. There's a billion Chinese restaurants near you. Don't ever eat at Panda Express. <laughs> and this episode is brought to you by our new sponsor, Panda Express. <laughs> it's only the location in Green Acres, Florida. It's it's not the whole chain. It's just one location. The manager, the the, 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 that, the assistant manager, the assistant night shift manager said that um, he'd give me like a free egg roll if I mentioned them on the podcast. So, yay! And that one location is amazing. <laughs> there we're covered go ahead <laughs> what's what's in a panda express egg roll besides crickets crickets are good man <laughs> i've never eaten a cricket but i really want to actually <laughs> can i kind of take a moment to appreciate the fact they call it panda express there's nothing express about a panda they are very slow lazy animals they can't even be yeah. bothered to have sex nope and procreate it's because they keep putting tens with the fives they're not gonna <laughs> Jeez. So, so JP, I, I, we did this whole, this whole bit just to be, do the bit. Um, what are we, yeah. what are we talking about tonight? Oh, we're talking about my new buddy cop movie, The Badge and the Cloth. I want this that I'm writing so bad. <laughs> uh, we're we're, we're going to talk about, as far as I know, uh, the sort of the similarities, and um, we're going to compare and contrast careers and callings and vocations uh, between. Uh, a a a a person in a spiritual leadership position, such as Chuck, as a priest, hey. and a person, and a person who is a a, a man of the law, an enforcer. He is a blue uh, life, and it matters. So, Lord, uh, such and just just like Matt, <laughs> I got it. Just kind of real quick. Right, I, sorry, uh, my joke threw you off. Uh, one uh, one one uh, one thing I do want to say is uh, it's kind of interesting. Because we started Masters of Divinity kind of on the premise that Matt and I were ministers and that we had recently completed theology degrees. And so therefore we were and then um, and then Matt went and became an officer. So it's kind of like this is kind of reflecting on a little bit of a change that's happened in our podcast in recent in recent years. And has sort of led us to uh, uh, debate on on whether or not we should be rebranding. Right. But I, I think not. I like our brand. I do too. What about you? What say you, Matthew? Yeah, I like our branding too. I also think that this is Masters of Divinity, so we'll wind up talking about whatever we feel like. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we're, let's let's talk about this. This is uh, this is an interesting thing that you guys brought up in an episode that I was not around for. 
Um, and I'm not trying to like throw shade when I say that uh, on anything, because I, I don't. I mean, I don't really miss you. Um, I'm moving on. Um, didn't I, didn't I you were talking? You, didn't I see you driving your Tercel in front of my house last night? Uh, you forgot to pick up the newspapers outside, and I was just doing it courtesy. <laughs> you, you always, you always forget, and I was always <laughs> wanting to pick it up, so I. Can I just can I just interrupt with a completely a completely off that rabbit trail note? Okay. Um, I find it kind of fitting that we're doing this episode tonight, and I want to tell our listeners that if they are experiencing any uh, tef- technical difficulty on my end with signal or background noise, it's because I am driving around my neighborhood <laughs> while recording. Are you, are you on duty? I usually park by the lake, but something must be going on because they are patrolling my neighborhood a little heavier than usual tonight. And I've already <laughs> had one spotlight. I've already had one spotlight in my face wondering what this car is doing until he, I looked over and he's like, hey, man, how's it going? Because I obviously know them now. Right. Um, but yeah, so instead it, of parking by the lake, I'm in motion. So is it is it, it funny? Is it the hair Krishnas? Are the hair Krishnas doing something shady? Because don't you have isn't, don't you have like hair Krishnas that run around your lake or something? No, it's Buddhist, right? Yeah, Buddhist. Buddhists. Okay. They do, they do like full on some full on Buddhist ceremony out here like once a year. Cool. Oh. Okay. Yeah, no, it's kind of cool to drive by and see. They're in, like, you know, the orange robes and shaved heads, and they have all this stuff laid out. I've I've always wanted to stop and ask them, hey, hey, uh, so what's going on? But I never have. Well, now that you're a cop, you can. (laughs) Hey, what's going on here? Hey, hey. (laughs) Hey, what's going on here? Hey. (laughs) What what am I smelling? How how do we start this? Uh, We were talking about this last week, a couple weeks ago. It was that I wasn't here for. And uh, you're kind of talking about the similarities and how uh, you kind of both serve your community uh, in, in different ways. I, I probably should have listened to the episode before recording this. So I know, like, when you guys <laughs> stopped talking about it and decided to go see Thor, because I think there was sort of something developing. <laughs> um, so do you remember what you were leading up to in that episode? No. Okay. All right. Well, because um, I don't really know. <laughs> we're, we're always um, so prepared on this look, podcast. I actually, I actually have some preparation. I have some notes. Oh, you do? Okay. They're, they're in my cool. head, but I have them. Um, well, oh, notes. We had talked about uh, we had talked about how it's a vocation, I think, and. And we were talking about those similarities, and I, I had mentioned something about having done ministry or recently been in West Palm and interacting with homeless folks, which I hadn't done really in a while because of where I currently am on a, you know, living on a, living and having a church on a private boarding school campus, which is walled off from everyone, um, and and it made me realize when I was when I was interacting with people on the streets of West Palm Beach. And I saw how the police officers also deal with those same folks. That that's when I started thinking about how there are these there are these similarities, and and so Matt and I were talking a bit about that. And he was talking about the ways in which and uh, ways in which um, we see people both both 
both clergy and police officers, cops and clergy, um, see each other, uh, see people both at their, well, tend to see them at their worst and sometimes even at their best. Um, yeah. Um, I, I will say, I, one of the things I thought of before, uh, just before the episode, um, is, is a passage from the Bible. Um, from Romans chapter 13, where Paul is talking about being subject to governing authorities. And he says, for there is no authority except from God, and those authorities exist, or that exist, have been instituted by God. So, Matt, it, Paul would argue that you being in a governmental authority position that has been instituted by God, dare we say that you have been ordained mm-hmm. as an mm-hmm. instrument yeah, of I, law. I, I like, I think it's verse four. Do you have that in front of you? Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm in my office. Romans in my, 13. I'm in my office at the church. I have, I have like 16 Bibles. <laughs> you better, you better have a Bible in front of you. Then, yeah, no, I have four on my desk. Yes. I think 13, four. Read that one. Uh, for it is God's servant for your good. But if you do what is wrong, you should be afraid for the authority does not bear the sword in vain. That one. Mm-hmm. Keep going though. It is the servant of God to execute wrath on the wrongdoer. <laughs> that was like that Samuel was actually, Jackson. I chose, I chose a different version that was not quite so harsh sounding, <laughs> but that's the verse that I put on our flag for the academy. Um, so it's just yeah, that whole section was it very much to me speaks about the the concept of what I do now. Um, so I what flag? Interesting. Oh, well, our class flag. Okay. Um, it's like your class banner. I see. Well, the Common English Bible. I was reading from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible, which is the, uh, the the most common translation in the Episcopal Church. But the Common English Bible, which is a new English translation that was partly sponsored by the Episcopal Church, among others, is a very <laughs> ecumenical translation. It says uh, that uh, is God's servant for your benefit. But if you do what's wrong, be afraid, because it doesn't have weapons to enforce the law for nothing. It is God's servant put in place to carry out his punishment on those who do what is wrong. So it's a little less harsh. Yes, I used, I used one that's kind of in between those two. I don't remember what version it was, but what I liked about it is that version said they are God's Avenger. And I liked the Avengers idea. <laughs> <laughs> you so, probably, probably use that liberal NIV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. I may have used the Matt translation by the time I read so many of them. <laughs> but um, but no, I do think that, that that Romans 13 is a passage that has grown on me during the academy and now being um, out on the road actually doing the job as a, a starting point for talking about what we're talking about tonight, how I do believe that it is it is a calling to do to do work like police work um and just like pastoral work there are some people who take advantage of the job for what it is and the power that it involves rather than the calling that it's meant to be um but that overall overall it's a calling i think that you're it takes a very specific kind of person to do either one yeah and it's I mean, and they're both jobs that dedicate, that require you to sort of dedicate your life to effectively put your life on the line for what it is you do. I mean, obviously, you're in more, you're, you're more, the, the, the likelihood that you're going to be 
in danger in your line of work is a little bit higher than mine, though, these days uh, with the number of church shootings. That's not necessarily the case. <laughs> but there's also the, you know, it takes you away from your family, just like my job takes me away from my family a lot of times. And the other thing I was thinking about, too, Matt, and it's just sort of a, in some of the notes in my head, I was thinking about sin. And the Romans, and that's actually what brought the, thir- the Romans 13 passage, um, that both of us, in slightly different ways, deal with confronting sin. Um, yeah. You know, a big part of my job is to, is to confront sin with the hope of leading toward repentance, which I guess is yours as well, but yours is a little more um, issuing the legal consequences of people's sins rather than um, that kind of spiritual absolution piece, which is more my line of work, which involves your job in some cases. When I taught ethics, uh, the students would often, they would talk to me about, we, we, we would get on the conversation about confession. Whenever I've done this with youth and teenagers, they love to be like, like, wait, when you take a confession, that means that like you can't tell anyone? And I'm like, yeah, it's the seal of confession. It's private. It's confidential. I'm not supposed to talk about it ever again. And they're like, wait, what if someone confesses to a murder? Does that mean they can just confess to you and get away with it or whatever? And so kids are always coming with all these scenarios. But one of the things that I always tell them is I say, well, you know, if somebody confesses to a murder to me, you know, chances are they're coming to they're coming to me for confession because they are seeking absolution. And so the tool in my toolbox is I can withhold absolution um, of the sacramental act of confession until after they have turned themselves in. Like, you know, I can say, like, you know, I will absolve you in the police station after you have met with with the authorities. Um, and right. so, like, that's the kind of thing where there's an intersection between our two worlds. I agree. I think that they intersect more often than I realized um, if they're both done properly is the thing. Oh, that's interesting. Um, if we were doing it in a perfect world where we all had a concept of God being the one who is sovereignly in control and all of us carrying out things in order to bring about unity under his name, then police work would ultimately be working hand in hand with things like clergy, because the ultimate goal would be we stop the immediate problem, but we then put them in touch with people who can deal with the actual issue. And then on the other side, the, the clergy thing, like you're saying, would realize we have a tool at our disposal that sometimes the immediate problem has to be stopped before we can deal with the actual issue. Right. Um, can I, I want to interject for a second, cause you just made me kind of think of something. Um, I watched, uh, the new Netflix series, Mindhunter, uh, last month, which is really great. It's about the, uh, the, the, the story behind, uh, the folks back in the seventies who kind of came up with the method of profiling serial killers. Uh, yeah, I'm like watching five episodes in. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about it is you don't really, you don't really, um, at least I never really considered uh, how people used to solve crimes and profile and things like that before those methods were introduced. And they they brought up they brought up that like back in the old days, people just wanted the facts. That's what the that's what the phrase "just the facts, man" came from. But these days, it's like no, like tell us whole story. Tell us how like you. you I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. Like, but if you're trying to like get information, you're not just relying on facts, right? You're you're kind of relying on like, what's this person relationship with this person? How does this first person feel about this thing over here? Like, 
there's a bit of more of a psychoanalytical aspect at work too, right? Yeah, well, yes, yes and no. It depends on what your role is in the situation taking place. If you're the first deputy showing up on a scene, you're pretty much looking for facts because what you're trying to do is establish that a crime actually did occur. Yeah. And then once that happens, if it's a big enough thing, it would be moved over to like detectives where things like you're talking about would come into play. Right. So, so yes, absolutely. In the long run, yes. Um, but it just depends on your role in the, in the scenario of what's going on. Right. Well, I think that's interesting because, and, and, and also what I'm interested in hearing um, from your perspective, Matt, is um, I've really been interested lately in learning about how like the police are involved and active within their community, like when they're not like on patrol or they're not, you know, looking for a lead or something. Um, like just kind of getting to know the people around them, like who's in the neighborhood and, you know, things like that. Like, do, do they encourage you to, to get involved in the community? Like, I don't know, learn people's names and where everybody hangs oh, yeah, out. They, yeah. A big thing in, in training is like, Hey, uh, here's a thought, get out of your car once in a while, yeah. like talk to people. Um, really? because yeah, those relationships are how real change will occur. Mm -hmm. Um, and that'll happen even if you're just, let's say your only focus is crime prevention. Like I want the number of robberies to go down. If that's your only focus, the more you get to know people and build relationships with them and know who they are, mm -hmm. the more they're going to come to you when they're like, Hey, something's going on here. That doesn't seem right. And you're going to catch a lot of problems before they happen. Right now, if you take that a step further, and don't just go, okay, we want to stop robberies. You go, no, we actually want to change this community for the better. Then again, the more you get to know people, the more you talk with them, the more you show them respect, the more they respect you, then things actually start to change. Just and like a pastor find, or a priest. Right. And what you'll find is if you do that, even the ones who are breaking the law will tend to still have a respect for you in a lot of situations that you would think they wouldn't, they'd still mm -hmm. go, yeah, man, you're right. I messed up. Let's deal with it and be done. So they'll actually let you carry out your job a lot easier because of the respect you build up in the community that you work. Interesting. Do you have any, uh, anything to say about that, Chuck? Cause I was trying to, trying to draw that parallel between about like interacting with your community and stuff. And yeah. I mean, it's later is there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a. Uh... You know, like my work is only effective if I know the people, right? right? And I will say what – it's funny when Matt is talking about – because you know, like, I think it's Philadelphia and some other places where they have been addressing some of the problems with the breakdown of trust with police officers and, of course, obviously the stuff that we've all seen in the news – and by address, one of the things that a police chief, and I, again, I think it's Philadelphia, I could be wrong, but they really instituted this push that, is, that it sounds, according, it sounds to, to me, Matt, that like it's happening you know, in more places than that, of getting officers out of their squad cars and actually walking a beat because there were less, of, there were less problems or fewer problems when, before, you know, when police officers actually walked around and got to know people rather than just sitting in a squad car and, being kind of, and kind of being removed from people. And 
there's a similar there's a similar parallel that's needing to happen in in churches, especially in in like my church, the Episcopal Church, which is you know getting priests out of their offices and off the church campus to do stuff and be seen in their communities. You know, like I'm the kind of guy that I like to be in my in my long black dress and walk around and just be visible because you never know who needs to see a priest. Um, you know, here I'm. It is a, fun going to Five Guys with Chuck in his uh, his in his, in his uh, priest uniform. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like I, lo- I love doing. It. I love it, and I love going to. Uh, what was funny is um, uh, one of the lay leaders in my church, senior warden, is what he's called. The head of my uh, he's uh, part of uh, the governing body of, of a parish called a vestry. And uh, the senior warden and I went to lunch, and we were in West Boca, West Del Rey, and uh, is very close to us as well. For those who don't know much about South Florida, these are very Jewish communities. And so he took me to this Jewish deli um, that's very good. And we walked in the room, and I'm in my long black, you know, cassock, like black dress outfit. And every single head in the room turned to look at me as I walked in the door. <laughs> um, because I was definitely not what they were expecting in this in this Jewish deli in West Delray Beach, which, which again is another parallel I can relate to. <laughs> right, right. Because when walk, yeah, walk walk in in a uniform and every head turns around to go, what's going on? Right, and <laughs> it, and and the de- and the degree of which that happens depends on you know different social contexts and areas and areas that you're in. Guys, um, when I come yeah. down to when I come down to West Palm Beach, can we just go to Chick Fil A once? And like Chuck, you can go in your cassocks and and, and Matt in a uniform, just because I want to. I just want to see what happens. Could we? <laughs> that'd be great. Could we also? Maybe we should just go to a bar. <laughs> um, you, you guys can just like flank me wherever we go. I'm like, who is this guy, and why are these people with him? Well, that would we'll be pretty, have that'd Chuck, be pretty phenomenal. We'll have Chuck. <laughs> Chuck on, Chuck on his and his stuff. We'll have me on mine, and we'll have JP in handcuffs with a crucifix around his neck. <laughs> Did they catch a vampire? <laughs> oh, oh. Speaking of which, Matt. So check this out. You guys will think this is great. So um, on Thursday, I'm pretty sure it's Thursday of this week. Um, I have to get confirmation on this, but the uh, some of the third graders at my school are going down to the Palm Beach County Courthouse. Um, one mm-hmm. of uh, one of my parishioners who is an alumni of my school, she's a judge, and uh, and so um, we're working on the clearance for me on this. But the, she said that they're going to do this whole tour where they show the holding cells and all this stuff at the courthouse. And so I've worked out a deal to where when the kids are in the holding, come to visit the holding cell, I'm going to be in one of the cells, <laughs> like they've arrested me. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh, those poor kids. It'll be funny. It'll be funny. So yeah, yeah. So we we both wear uniforms. We both interact with people. Our jobs are dependent on us actually being amongst the people and being visible and seen. Um, it they are effective when we're not jerks, and when we don't, and when we're professional in our in our line of work. You know, that's uh, the headmaster at my school um, was saying recently that. The problems you find with teachers, it's not so much creating lists of rules about like behavior. It's really encouraging professionalism because if a teacher is professional, then they're going to they're going to follow the, the, the appropriate healthy boundaries that a teacher is supposed to have. And I realize the same thing applies in all of our work, Matt, you know, in both of our jobs, you know, 
police officers who get trigger happy and shoot people and or 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 say racist stuff or 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 whatever like they are not being professional and clergy who abuse their position and who hurt people in the church you know they're doing that 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 comes out of a lack of professionalism as well and so that's another piece that's important for us is to cultivate a professional um uh posture in life yeah Um, and i think um and i think also both another similar similarity between the two is um both have a a strong uh pull towards cynicism oh yeah okay yeah cause the person involved to to really have to continually know yourself and know your your struggles, your issues, your biases, and confront those so that you can deal with people and help them and reach them um, the right way. Because both of us are experiencing people a lot of times, like you were saying, at their absolute worst. Um, We are dealing with the situations that most people aren't aware of. Um, We're dealing with the underlying problems that the world is kind of blind to. and it's got a it's got a strong pull towards cynicism. It's easy to become like, well, everybody out there is just a loser who's out to mess things up, instead of everybody out there is somebody who's desperately needing help. Sometimes in my line of work, helping means to save them from themselves, put the handcuffs on, and put them in jail. Um, but that ultimately our goal is to is to help is to is to make the community a better a better community for everybody that lives in yeah. it. I got to say something because I know you have, to, you're actually going to have to leave the, epi- you're going to have to leave us a little early tonight, Matt. Um, yeah. I got to say that one of the things that I, I'm really grateful for this conversation um, because one of the things that I, that I, that I wrestle with um, is the question of whether or not someone can be a faithful Christian and a faithful civil servant like a politician or a or a police officer or anything like that because of the of the kinds of commitments and compromises that are often often that often need to be made and and that's partly due that i i think i sometimes tend to identify more with the christian anarchist uh tradition um of a fairly mild degree but um what i but what I appreciate about this conversation is the way in which, you know, getting to know you and seeing you walk through this process has, you know, challenged my, my idealistic mindset on this stuff. And that it, it makes me realize that, you know, through exercising the job and even through one's own uh, faithfulness to their, to, to their, there's faithfulness to, to Jesus um, can be effective in this work. You know, because I think it's easy for it's easy for me because I get caught up in this all the time. So this is a little bit of a confession on my part. But I get caught up in this mindset of like, you know, cops are too trigger happy and we, we need to do more to kind of tone it down. And, and, you know, they abuse their power and we have a system that blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I still think some of that is true, but I can't generalize. And as you're saying, and we're both saying that it's not fair nor accurate to write off the entire enterprise because a lot of people do bad things in that position 
and with that position. Right. It's just like it would be, it would be it, the, the way that it irritates and frustrates me when people, you know, write off all priests as child molesters because a really truly small percentage of Catholic priests have done really monstrous things. And I don't, I mean, not to, dis, not to dismiss any of that, but it's in the grand scheme of things, most, most Catholic priests are not molesters. Uh, most, most Christian ministers are not sexually abusive people, but you know, we see a lot of headlines about that kind of stuff. Um, and right. so, you know, so, so anyway, I guess the, I'm, I'm jumbling a bunch of stuff here, but um, I appreciate hearing from you this, notion of like looking at police work as a means of help and as an instrument and, and itself could be seen as an instrument of God's grace because, you know, uh, you know, going back to Romans, you're sort of executing uh, God's will in, in sort of being an agent of the consequences of people's sins, you know, depending on their sins. Um, but that by executing that, it, it, it is, it is seen as a way to help, like as you said, putting someone in handcuffs is saving them from themselves. And that that could be the beginning of a point of redemption for someone. You know, that's the that's the bottom of the barrel for someone. You know, they they're at their lowest point when they're sitting in a jail cell, <laughs> um, and that that could be yeah. the beginning of the of the of the long road to redemption. Yeah, and and uh, uh, kind of along those lines, but more with the the other stuff you were talking about in the in the process of that. Um, something constantly that I hear all throughout the training and getting into this job through the academy and then training with the, the agency I wound up with, um, I constantly hear about how the way we treat people when we confront them can make all the difference in a situation because so many of these people haven't seen somebody else treat them properly. So if you walk onto the scene even if you walk onto the scene as an officer and you're telling them this is going to quit and you're going to jail, but you're doing it in such a way that you're showing them humanity that you'll be amazed how many times a situation turns simply because of that. Yeah. Because you took the time to show them that I see you as a human being and I'm here to help, but that what you're doing has to quit. And like you have to carry out the consequences to it but you can do it in a way that is still showing them that you value their humanity. And if you can do that, they're like, you'll be amazed at the change that you'll see. I mean, you'll have the very few opportunities, just, I mean, the few examples, just like everything else in life of the people who are genuinely out there just to cause problem. Um, but the truth is most people aren't. Most people, there's a lot more to what's actually going on behind the scenes and what led them to be doing what they're doing in that moment. And if you step in and show them, look, I'm here to stop this, but that doesn't mean I'm going to treat you as less than, less than human. And you show them that you value that. then they're like, you'll be amazed at how you'll see them respond to you because you took the time to do that. Um, and that's something that they push a lot throughout training is just treating people properly and with respect and talking to them as a human being, talking to a human being rather than kicking in the door and being like, um, you're scum and I'm here to stop you kind of a thing, like, right. um, which is great in movies, but not in real life. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. And but I really think because I've got to I've got to tie up my end and let you guys finish off the episode. I really think that both both um, 
clergy, police work, both could could learn something by interacting with each other. I think that law enforcement could learn a lot by taking a, a closer um, closer look and having a better relationship with clergy. And I think clergy could learn a lot by talking with law enforcement. And that the two the two mesh together so much better than I ever realized before and should be working almost almost inseparably, if not inseparably, um, in the way that they carry things out because I really do think that both, both positions, there's other jobs out there, but law enforcement and clergy, from what I can see, maybe like paramedics, but they're, they're kind of a different scope of what's going on. But both of those positions see part of the world that the rest of the community has turned a blind eye to, um, and both yeah. of them have a view have a view into what's actually the problem going on in the community around them. When a lot of people are just clueless as to what's happening right outside their door. Right. And I think that um, I think that a lot of law enforcement could learn from talking with clergy, and a lot of clergy could learn from riding one night in a patrol car. Um, Matt, can and I, I think that, yeah, I, I was going to say, can, can I, can I, can I, can I ride in your patrol car sometime? Oh, 100%. When I'm off, when I'm, when I'm off the probationary period and I'm allowed to have people do ride alongs, you are absolutely riding. Yes. It's going to happen. Oh man. Um, could, could, that's, that's going to have to happen. Could we get JP but down I, here too? Really... And then we do an episode together <laughs> in the car while you're, <laughs> That might be that might be pushing it, but we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but I but what I have found is both when I started when I started going to seminary to get my master's degree, and when I got into law enforcement and I'm doing this, what I what I found out is so much of what a pastor gets up and says on a Sunday irritates me beyond belief because they're so far from actually talking about the problems that are going on in their community. Um, so I really do think that a lot of, a lot of the, the pastors out there, um, I, speak, I say pastors because people who listen to this regularly know I come from the non-denominational background. So I just, it's pastors. So I don't want right. to speak for priests because I don't, I don't interact with them as much, but, um, they would benefit from spending one night riding around in a car and seeing what the community is actually dealing with. So to stand up on a Sunday and spend an hour lecturing people about how like bad words can be a bad example to people is so far from what we should actually be talking about when the, the abuse that's taking place in the community, the, the drug problems that are running rampant, the neglect, the situations with children, adults, the issues that are actually happening and that people actually need to hear somebody speak about are so far from what's being spoken about so often that it just irritates me. Um, so I really do think that they would benefit from each other by having more of an open communication between the two. Yeah. Well, I will ride along with you, Matt, and so we can start, we can start changing things. <laughs> awesome. Sounds I'm good. I'm jealous. You should be. I'm jealous. You should be. Yeah. All right. But Mr. anyways, that's my thoughts. All right. That's, that's that's what I think and where I am. I think that both are a calling and both are an opportunity to serve your community and to make a positive impact 
and I believe that both have people who are abusing that and are messing up our communities, and those are the people that make me more upset than the the guy you see in handcuffs are the ones who are doing these positions wrong and mm. and tearing communities apart rather than being a part of mending them. Right. So Well said, Officer Matt. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I will leave you with those wise words, and then uh, I'll let the two of you wrap up the show and hopefully not drive it right into the ground. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so... A lot of confidence. But anyway, as usual, as usual, it was great talking with everybody and with the two of you. I miss you guys. I do. Miss you, Matt. It's been far too long since we've been face to face, all three of us in one room. I didn't really mean to run into you guys tonight, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you missed me, though. I miss you. I I miss you too. I'm signing off on that note, so I'll say my good journey. All right. All right. Thanks for stopping later. Thanks for stopping by, Officer Matt. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> good journey. All right. Well, that was uh, that was fun. That was fun. That was good. Uh, you know, and, and it, it uh, I think it's always really encouraging um, when you sort of because we were talking before we started recording about how we kind of get, I think we all get sort of divided by smaller nuances. Right. And don't really focus on the big picture things that you, that bring us together. And, um, you know, when he was saying is like, we, we focus so much on, you know, he's just giving an example to like bad words right? or like, um, you know, this little tiny piece of theology is different from this piece of theology. Therefore we can't talk to each other and, you know, not enough, not, not enough, uh, focus being put on things like abuse which we're starting to learn is more rampant than we ever realized. Right. 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 And, and, and we're just kind of letting it spread by focusing on these like very kind of unimportant things. Yeah. So uh, I, I say it's encouraging because it's, it's refreshing to hear that like, um, I mean, it's not encouraging that these things are, are present, but it's encouraging to hear someone who's like, you know, an officer of the law say that like, you know, maybe focus a bit more on helping people, <laughs> you know? Right. No, totally. And and instead of just trying to focus on ways to punish people, you know, right. seeing how that, that, that position, that authority can be used as a instrument of good. Um, yeah. And, you know, the idea of, like, the, the clergy working with, you know, law enforcement, I, I think my mind kind of instantly kind of goes to like a dystopian future where the police state is, is run by the clergy or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah but, but, but like at this, but I know what he's saying and I know, and I know, I know what you guys were saying was that like, there does need to be a relationship, which is, well, should be encouraged because I think it's the whole point of both of your jobs. Is right. Well, and that's involved. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I had to bring up, you know, my, my, my own, you know, I, I think I would be doing a disservice to myself considering how much I've said about my, my own, um, suspicions around around um you know whether or not one can be effectively you know christian and in that position um Mm -hmm. and i think as you're saying jp focusing more on the things or, or not focusing more but at least having taking a solid account of of the fact that there's more that we have in common than we have that divides us is a good place to start you know but at the same time not to ignore the things that we disagree on 
um, we have to acknowledge that there are, you know, that there are the things that are important that we do disagree on, on different, and, and, and just in general, right? Point of theology, right. you know, whatever. And, um, but when you build a relationship and you build trust, that allows you to, that allows you to start that dialogue on those disagreements from a place that is actually effective rather than mm -hmm. dismissive, you know, like, um, cause I share the same kind of concern. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm not a big fan of is, is the idea of like armed uniform security in churches on Sunday as something that's starting to happen after the shootings. Oh yeah. You're, you sent that article to our, our, our little private messaging club. Yeah. But the guy who said that he now has to go to church with a firearm. That's a pastor who said that. Yeah. That was a right. pastor. Um, and you know, or the idea that, you know, there's just, there's, so there's stuff like that that really has always concerned me and that I'm not going to be comfortable with, but I think I'd be more effective at having that conversation with a uniformed officer of the law. If we both understand our worlds mm -hmm. instead of coming at it with my hackles raised or whatever, you know? Right. Um, at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, us normal folk, that's who I'm representing on this podcast, I guess. Yeah. The we layman. have to, we have to trust both you and Matt. Right. You know, we have to be able to feel empowered to come to either of you. If we have a problem and, and whatever needs, right. needs fixing. Right. So that, that being involved in the community is, is extremely important. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. So no, this was going to go ahead this conversation. All right. Well, thank, uh, thank you, Matt. And, uh, it was great chatting with you and, uh, I'll just keep doing that for like five minutes. That'd be pretty funny. Right. Um, uh, be sure yeah. to be sure to say uh, thank you to your local officer. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, thank you for Come your on. service. Um, but no, thank, uh, thank special thanks to Matt. Uh, he had to leave. So we're going to end this, uh, just JP and I, um, it was good having the three of us together and hey, you know, uh, come by the come by the food court again sometime. Um, I guess I guess do I take it back? You, you made it sound like we were the ones who are not normally in the food court, so we we you know maybe uh, we won't be strangers in the food court. Yeah, exactly, totally. Why are you being weird? <laughs> I, I, why are you being weird? Look, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go over to I'm gonna go over to the uh, to the to the mayos and get. Oh my uh, gosh, I'm going that way too. Get us some falafel. You want to get some falafel? I'll go with you. It's fine. Okay. You don't, you know, mind, right? I can, I can come. Yeah, you know, it, it's okay. We can do that. All right. Well, uh, okay. everyone else, good journey. Good journey. <laughs>